This is an SBS radio podcast. Settlement Guide. Information, issues and stories about living in Australia. The migrant journey often poses uncertain and unexpected scenarios. One is the uncertainty around dealing with the death of a loved one or a friend. It's essential to know how funerals are conducted in Australia. New migrants may face an overwhelming situation with an unexpected death of a loved one. When death occurs, family members tend to go into shock and grief and may not know what to do next. For many, it could be a first-time experience. Matthew Kuriakosi, who lives in the southeast of Melbourne, says when death happened in his family a few years ago, they didn't know what to do next. The death happened in my brother-in-law, a family. So his son had died after, after the birth three days with the heart problems. So the uncertainty was what to do next. Organising the funeral in Australia was quite different from what they had experienced in Kerala, India, where Mr Kuriakosi's family comes from. In these circumstances, the first thing one should do is contact a funeral director, says Scott Duncombe, funeral director at Sydney Funerals. When someone does pass and, and you know, the, the family members tend to go into, you know, shock and grief and um, really, you know, confused as to what to do because not often people get to organise a funeral in their lifetime. And, but when a time does come, um, the most important thing is to contact a funeral director because they have uh, all the knowledge. They have the understanding of everybody and, and the processes that are to go on, whether it be, you know, to rem- the bodies to remain in Australia or if it is to be repatriated overseas. It's important not to rush things as this is an uncertain and challenging time, says Mr Duncombe. Allowing the families just to take their time is the most important part of this process when somebody does pass away because quite often they're making decisions, they're, they're a little bit stressed out, they're trying to grieve, they're still, they could be in shock, but they just can't make those decisions you know, um, straight away. So quite often we will take a loved one into care, we'll then meet them in a couple of days after that, uh, and then the funeral will most likely take place you know, five to ten days following somebody's passing. The funeral director takes care of all the paperwork and the documentation when organising a funeral. They work closely with the Births, Deaths and Marriages Registry and help to register the death. Amit Padir, the acting registrar at the Births, Deaths and Marriages Registry in New South Wales, explains. Well, the the role of births, deaths and marriages across the country in relation to death, firstly, is really to ensure that we register the death that's taking place in our states or territory. Now, this is often done through our funeral directors, who we work quite closely with. They will provide us with the necessary information that we require or part of the necessary information that we require in order to register the death of someone. A death certificate is an official record that provides proof of death. It's also proof of a relationship with someone who has died. It supports families through that death administration process. The funeral is organised after the death certificate is issued and other formalities are completed. In some cases, it may be required to investigate the cause and other factors surrounding the death of a person. A coroner will be engaged in such cases. Victoria's Deputy State Coroner Jackie Hawkins explains the three specific matters that the coroner handles. We investigate unexpected and unexplained deaths, including homicides, road accidents, suicides and overdoses. And there's about 7,000 cases a year in Victoria. And our role is to establish the three 
specific things, the identity of the deceased, the cause of death and the circumstances related to the death. When the coroner is involved, the period to get the funeral organised could vary depending on the various tests that the coroner must undertake to determine the cause of death. When it comes to expenses of organising a funeral, the costs can be overwhelming, says Mr Kuriakosi. Usually, my dear family, we don't have that money, that much money to spend towards your funeral. I had to search for them few funeral companies, even though we, we don't aware what was the next. Then they advised that, so this is a procedure, you have to ask so-and-so questions, what's the funeral, how it will be, what the service they provide. I called up the funeral services. The funeral director liaises closely with a family member of the deceased person to understand the requirements around the funeral. They help to find the appropriate and affordable funeral for the family. Mr Duncombe explains the types of funerals. There's burial, there's cremation, all different types within that as well. And it's up to the family, I guess, as to what they wish to you know, choose and, and what were their loved ones or maybe what's their you know, culture or their customs around you know, the different types of funerals. It's important that you speak to different funeral directors and find the funeral option that serves the cultural and religious requirements of your family the most, says Mr Duncombe. To be able to assist those cultures into doing what they're used to doing um, in their home country is just a beautiful part of what we do and and how we do it as well. Not all funeral directors will do it. Some may specialise in a culture um, and others just may not have the skill set or the ability to be able to cater for it as well. For example, according to Islamic law, funeral arrangements should begin immediately after the death of a loved one and they must be buried as soon as possible. The family can contact a local Islamic organisation or a funeral director that specialises in offering Muslim funerals. When a coroner is involved, various measures are in place to support multicultural communities, including referrals for grief counselling, says Victoria's Deputy State Coroner Jackie Hawkins. Every family is provided with a brochure, um, which is called What Happens Now? And it explains in plain English our processes in simple terms. And this document and some of our other documents can be found on our coroner's court website. And some of the documents have been translated into 15 of the most widely used languages. There are also visa-related requirements, depending on the visa of the deceased person. Relevant documents need to be prepared for handover to the embassy of the deceased person's country of origin. The funeral director works closely with various bodies to ensure that this is carried out appropriately, says Mr Duncombe. When somebody does pass, the relevant documents need to be prepared, you know, and obviously approved before sending a body home or the ashes home as well. If the body has been cremated here and buried here, then there's no real process from a funeral director's point of view to advise an embassy as such. So if the family has chosen that they can't afford to bring the body home and they're here on a holiday visa or they're here on a a working visa as such, the family will eventually advise uh, the authorities as part of the process after the burial and cremation. After a person dies, it's important to notify relevant organisations and entities. Australian Death Notification Service is a platform that helps notify multiple organisations about the death of a person. Mr Padia explains. So this is a free national government service that allows an individual uh, really to notify multiple organisations of a death via a single online platform. 
Some of the organisations that are part of the DNS include banks, telecommunications, utilities, insurance and other government agencies. The platform also provides translation services in 50 languages. This was an SBS radio podcast. For more Settlement Guide stories, visit sbs.com.au slash radio.